Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to be exploring the fact that God wants you to be holy just like God is holy. That's mind-boggling if you stop and think about it, but it's, it's actually rather simple as well because holiness, or also referred to as sanctification, means that you're growing up from being a baby Christian into a full-grown, mature, power-filled, strong Christian. That's what sanctification is, and of course, that's what God wants for your life. He doesn't want you to be a baby Christian all your all the years that you live. He wants you to progressively grow stronger and stronger in your faith. All right, well, we've been talking about holiness, and we have several weeks to go on this topic. And, uh, you know, my goal is to make the holiness of God relevant to us. In other words, that it would be meaningful to us, that we'd see its benefits and, uh, and that we'd see the importance of holiness, that God wants, God is holy and therefore he wants us to be holy. And if he wants us to be holy, what exactly does that mean? So we're gonna look at this today, uh, continue to study this topic of holiness. Um, so here, here's what we're going to, kind of the title of today's message is How to Be Holy Like God is Holy. How to Be Holy Like God is Holy. And I think before you do anything with what God has to offer you, is you got to say, what's in it for me? And you say, well, that sounds really selfish. God isn't, doesn't want us to be selfish. We should just embrace what God tells us and that's it and it's that. Well, that's a religious attitude and God never came to his people that way as far as I can tell. He always seemed to indicate some kind of benefit, some value to them for what he was offering them. And so what I'd like to do is give you six or seven benefits of, of God's holiness and you being a holy person or being sanctified. That's, by the way, we're going to hear these words interchangeably holiness and sanctification in other words god making you holy so if i say the word sanctify that means god makes you holy all right so here goes some benefits that i hope will make you want god's holiness in your life here's the first one uh you're taking on your father's character when you become holy or a holier person all right you're taking on your father's character your father's in heaven and therefore, when you take on his character, you take on all his benefits and all his blessings. All right? I'm grateful that I have uh, characteristics of my mom and dad. All right? My, my dad is lighthearted and funny and jokes a lot and laughs a lot and knows when it's time to relax, you just relax. And you know what? I've taken, I'm so glad I'm like my dad in that respect. I don't know. It doesn't matter if you think I'm funny or not. I'm just, I, I realize that sometimes I'm funny because my dad's funny. All right? And, and uh, so it's good. We're, we have God's character. If we take on his holiness, we start taking on all his benefits. Because as I've known how to kind of joke around and relax, well, guess what? I can just let all this pressure off and just enjoy life. And I got that for my mom and my dad. And so... When you take on God's holiness, you take on all his blessings and all his benefits as well. So you want holiness because a lot of blessings come with holiness. Look at this in Genesis 126. It says, then God said, 
let us make mankind in our image. Let, let me make you like, like God in his image, in our likeness. Now, what does it mean to be in God's likeness? Well, it means a lot of things, but one of the things that it means to be made in God's likeness is that you take on his holiness. And look at what happens. As soon as you become like God in that respect, what did God tell Adam and Eve? He said, so that they may rule. You see, when you say, I want to be holy like God is holy, God starts putting you in charge of your life again. You're able to take control of your life again. You're able to take control of your habits, your actions, your reactions. You're able to take hold of your future and make something out of yourself with God's help. You see, you're made in God's image in his holiness and you start saying, I want to be holy like God is holy. You're going to start ruling in your life instead of being a victim. You don't have to be under your problems anymore. You will be on top of your problems and in charge of what's going on. You want holiness because look at what happens. You start ruling and reigning in your life the way that you should. Here's another uh, reason why you might want holiness. You start seeing God and you don't feel separated from him anymore. Have you ever felt separated from God? Have you ever felt distant from God? I'll tell you what, you start being holy like God is holy, and the Bible says, in fact, that you can't see God without holiness. It says here in, second, in, in uh, Hebrews 12, 14, it says, make every effort to be holy. Without holiness, no one can see God. So if you say, I want to be holy like, like God is holy, you're going to start seeing God, maybe not with your physical eyes, but you're going to be a lot closer to him. You're going to be one-on-one with God. You're not going to feel any separation from God because you're being holy like God is holy. Here's a third benefit. You begin to access God's powers in power in ways that you've never accessed it before. Look at this in Acts 1.8. It says, but you're, you're, there it is in, in the Bible, it says you're. No, it says you are going to receive power when what? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you start receiving God's holiness in your life, you start having power to live your life. Power to do things that you've never been able to do. You receive the power of God to do great and mighty things. What? Through his holiness, his Holy Spirit. Here's, an, here's a fourth benefit. I hope you're starting to want some holiness. Don't you want some power in your life? Don't you want some self-control? Don't you want to be able to see God and not be separated? Here's a fourth one. You get God's perspective, which changes your life. I was this week, I was lower than a snake's belly. Have you ever been that low before? Lower than a snake's belly. You're just down. And you know what I prayed? I said, God, give me godly perspective. In other words, lift me up out of the dirt and put me up here so I can see what on earth is going on. And you know what? God answered that that prayer. But look at this. If you start wanting God's holiness, he is in fact going to do that consistently. And you're going to start living up here instead of way down there and you're going to see things that you've never seen before at utep whenever you go by the practice field there's there's this big old three-story tower that the coaches climb up every day 
They walk up these stairs, literally three stories, and they see the whole playing field. They can see the plays materialize. They can see if the players are doing what they're supposed to do. God wants to put you up there so you can start seeing what's going on. With God's holiness, you can be positioned that way. In Psalm 73, 16 through 17, this is me. I was thinking about this myself this week. It says, but I tried to understand this, but it was too difficult for me. Have you ever tried to understand something? You're like, God, what are you doing in my life? Frustrated, God. I don't understand it. This was me this week. (laughs) All right. Verse 17 says, only then I came into God's holy place. And finally, I could understand. Isn't that awesome? If you're frustrated because you can't see what's going on and, and you're just maybe even upset with God a little bit. I've been there before more than one time. Ask for God's holiness and he's going to lift you up and you're going to begin to have that godly heavenly perspective that you need. Here's the fifth. Here's the fifth uh, benefit. You start walking as who you are, a child of the king set apart and you know what? When you start walking, you know what? I'm a child of God. I am, I am chosen of God. I am set apart for his. I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You start walking around that way, you are going to have God confidence. Not self-confidence. You're going to have God confidence. And that is the, we're not about feelings, but I'll tell you, that is the best feeling in the world is when you are God confident and unshakable as a result. Look at this in 1 Peter 2 9 it says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for God's own possession. You don't belong to anybody else you don't belong to your boss you don't belong to your circumstances you don't belong to this world you belong to Jesus you are his very own possession that's the essence of holiness so that what you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light and let me tell you what whenever I wake up in the morning this happens some mornings other mornings it doesn't but I wake up in the morning and I'm just bathed in the light of God I'm you know what today's gonna be a good day God is in control he's in charge I have God confidence because I've been brought out of darkness out of depression, out of hopelessness, brought into his light. How? By his holiness. I want God's holiness. I want to be holy like he, because he is holy, so that I can have God confidence and not be torn down, but built up. Here's the sixth one. I love this one. Your prayers get answered in a whole new way. Now, I thank God that God answered my prayers when I wasn't living a holy life. I tell you what, there's something about God. He just listens. He just listens to you, whether you're serving him, whether you're not serving him. But when you say, I want to be holy like God is holy, your prayers start getting answered on a whole different level. Because you're walking with Jesus. You've got his will in mind instead of just your own. In 1 John 4, 18, it says, but, um, oh, um, excuse me, John 15, 7. I jumped ahead. John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me, Jesus is talking. If you remain in me, in other words, in my holiness, and my words remain in you, my holiness remains in your heart, 
You can ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. You say, well, that's not my experience. I've been asking God for 30 years for this thing. Well, let me tell you what. Let's start entering into God's holiness and let him take care of that for you. Not on your terms, but on his terms. That's what holiness is. It's saying, not my terms, God. It's going to be on your terms from now on. But God starts doing mighty things, answering incredible prayers when you start entering into his holiness. And number seven, here's the, here's the last one. There's, probably, there's many more. This is just a little sampling. But it said, I have here, you can't, uh, you aren't scared like you once were because you personally know God and his love. When you get into God's holiness, we learned this last week, you start realizing his holy love for you or his loving holiness, whichever one you want. See, you can't pull apart God's holiness and his love. They come in one powerful package. And God loves you, and you start enjoying God's love for you, you can't be scared anymore. And I've experienced this firsthand this week, but look at this in 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love. What? Because perfect love. Now, what's perfect? We learned this last week as well. When you start talking about the word perfect, that's God's holiness. His perfect love or his holy love starts driving out all fear out of your life. And you're left scratching your head wondering, Where, where's my phobia? Where's my anxiety? Where's my fear? Where's my worry? It's gone because you are in God's holy, perfect love. In fact, it says, you know, fear has to do with punishment, but the one who fears is not perfected in love. They haven't entered into that holiness. I want the holiness that God has for me, and I want God to give you Holiness as well to sanctify you so that you can experience fearlessness. Fearlessness is a wonderful, wonderful feeling in reality. So let's look at this today. God wants you to be like him. That's mind boggling. Now, we'll never be deities. You go to other religions and other sects and other cults, and, and they'll tell you, someday you're going to be a deity, and that's not true. The Bible is very clear. There's one God and one God alone. That will never change. But we as human beings, we as creations of God, can take on a lot of godly characteristics. And I want to be like him in holiness, and God wants me to be like him in holiness, a lot of times you'll say, have you ever done this before? I just don't know what God's will is for my life. How can I know the will of God? I want to know the will of God. Well, I'm going to tell you the will of God for your life right here. It's in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It said, it is God's will that you be sanctified. <laughs> there it is. It is God's will that you be made holy, that you're holier today than you were yesterday. That you've been drawn into God's holiness a little bit more. That is God's will for your life. If that's not enough for you, let me give you several more scriptures. Leviticus 19.2, it says, uh, God tells Moses to speak to the entire assembly of Israel and tell them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. It's God's will for you to be holy. It's God's will for you to put forth an effort to be holy. 
It's God's will for you to put forth a, a, a cooperative environment with God so he can make you holy. Look, let's look at another one, Leviticus 11.45. It says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. What has God freed you from? Has he freed you from an addiction? Has he freed you from a bad habit? Has he freed you from a relationship? Has he freed you from financial disaster? Has he freed you from, from whatever? Surely God has freed you from something. Why did he free you? He brought you out of that so that you could come into his holiness. That's why God freed you. So not you just be free, but so that you be free in all his holiness and all his benefits running around your life, in your life, through your life. You want God's holiness. First Peter 1 verses 15 through 16. Now I've read to you some scriptures in the Old Testament and you might say, well, God's changed. He wanted those people to be holy, but now he's not so interested in those things. That's not true because in the New Testament it says it as well. It says, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy, referring back to the scriptures in Leviticus. And then in 1 Peter 3.15, here's the last one that I'll share with you uh, of just this, this point that God's will is for you to be holy. It says, but keep the Lord Christ holy in your hearts. Where does holiness happen? It's not an external thing, it's a heart thing. God wants you to be holy in your heart towards him, towards him. So here's, here's everything in a nutshell. In just two scriptures, to get a little bit more of a perspective on this holiness thing, it says in Leviticus 22, verses 32 through 33, it says, and you shall not profane my holy name. What does it mean to profane? It means to be irreverent, to be disrespectful. I had a college, I had a college professor, it was my final semester at UTEP, and I was footloose and fancy free, man. It was my last class, and my professor was an interesting guy. He had glasses about this thick. He had a bald head, but he had combed his hair. He let it grow real long on this side and was, had a comb over. And he'd hairspray it real good so his, his forehead was real shiny. He, he was real short, and so he had big old huge heels that he'd come to class, kind of clop along. And I started making fun of this guy. In fact, I was back with a bunch of seniors, and I started drawing pictures of this guy. And we got to laughing so hard, I had tears rolling down my eyes. I, I said, wind to, the, wind to the south, and his hair was going this way. Wind going straight up, his hair going this way, and then wind going north, his hair going this way. And I was completely disrespecting this professor. Well, at the end of class, he saw that we were laughing uncontrollably. He walked back and wanted to see what I had on my paper at UTEP, all right? I was disrespecting him. God deserves complete reverence and complete respect in our lives. The Bible says here, don't profane the name of Jesus. Don't profane him. How could you profane God's name? The way you act, the way you react, the things that you say, the things that you look at, the things that you listen to, the conversations that you participate in. Don't profane the name of the Lord. We're talking about holiness. 
This is how not to do it. All right? But it says, I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I will be sanctified in the church. Here in this place where we're all gathered together, God is going to be made holy. Otherwise, it's not church anymore. God has called us to sanctify him in the way that we live. And then it says, I, the Lord, who sanctifies you. God is the one who's going to make you holy. You're not going to make yourself holy. God is going to make you holy. Remember that. If you start trying to make yourself holy, you'll end up in a monastery and it'll all be legalism. God doesn't want that. He wants to make you holy. Remember, this is all in a nutshell. And then here in verse 33, it says, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. And then it says, I am the Lord. What is holiness about? It's recognizing that Jesus is Lord. He's master. Jesus is untamable. All right. He's not going to be put in a box. He's going to do what he knows is best. And it's our job to get in line and follow after him. All right. So let's look at this. There was a movie, um, Forever Strong. It was about a, a high schooler that was playing rugby. I won't go into the whole story, but the, the, the coach told his team this. Don't do anything that will embarrass you, your family, or your team. Don't do anything that will embarrass you, your family, or your team. And God's holiness is not too dissimilar to this. Look at this. Don't do anything to embarrass God. Don't do anything to embarrass yourself. And don't do anything to embarrass your church family. That might be a good round thought about God's holiness. When you're on that phone call and you're talking to somebody bad about somebody else, think about God standing right there beside you and, and he's listening to your conversation. Don't do anything to embarrass him. If, if, you're, if you've, you're driving along and you see a woman jogging, don't take the second look and embarrass God and embarrass yourself. All right? Don't embarrass God. Don't embarrass yourself. That's partly, I wouldn't say it's the essence of holiness, but it's a good thought about how to start living a godly life, a holy life. Holiness requires that the Holy Spirit take active and be a leader in your life, take an active role in your life. You can't be holy on your own. You need the Holy Spirit to get out in front of you and you need to start following his lead minute by minute, hour by hour, and day by day. Let the Holy Spirit begin to lead your life. Look at this in Romans 8, 13. It says, for if you, uh, excuse me, for if you are living according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. How can you overcome temptation in your life? Not by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit to help you overcome temptation. You can't do it by yourself. The spirit has got to be front and central in your life. Second Th Thessalonians 2.13, it says, the Lord has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the spirit. The spirit is every day in your mind, in your life, in your heart. He is fixing you little by little. How many of you have experienced a little fixing from the Holy Spirit in the last year or so? 
Okay? You know what I'm talking about. Guess what? That's not going to change. He's going to continue to work in your life if you will let him. You've got to cooperate with him. But this verse goes on in 2 Thessalonians 2.13. It refers to God's word and his spirit leading you to spiritual maturity. And I want to hone in on this just, just a minute here today. Another angle of holiness is spiritual maturity. God doesn't want you to be a little spiritual baby that never grows up. If, if Kyle, who's now 23 years old, if he was still little after 23 years, still wanted to be bottle fed, still wanted to watch cartoons all the time and, and wouldn't work, didn't go to school, I would be worried about him. I want Kyle to grow up. I want him to grow up and I want to grow up myself. And the growing process is never done in life. You are always growing or always should be growing. But unfortunately, there's many Christians, listen to me carefully, who never grow up. They stay right where they're at. They might get mad at God. They might be sad with God. They might be distracted. But they just stay tiny, little, shriveled up little baby. God wants you to grow up. And the process of growing up spiritually is holiness. That's what you call holiness. Sanctification is the act of growing from a tiny little itty bitty Christian all the way to a big old giant of a Christian. Don't get stunted in your growth with Jesus. Grow up. Do what you need to do. Listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides you and leads you. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 3. Brothers, so this is the Apostle Paul talking to a group of Christians that weren't growing up. They were stunted in their growth. He said, and I, brothers and sisters, could not speak, of, speak to you as spiritual people. In other words, influenced by holiness. I can't say that you've been influenced by holiness, he says to these people, but only as fleshly. That you've been only influenced by worldly influences and as mere infants in Christ I gave you milk to drink not solid food because you were not able to consume it God wants to give you a spiritual steak but sometimes we haven't even grown the teeth to chew on the steak you see God wants you to grow up he wants me to continue to grow in holiness so he gave you milk but even now you're not yet able for you are still fleshly in other words you're uninfluenced by holiness let me ask you today is holiness influencing your life or is something else what has got your attention and start putting it on Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the word of God and you are going to start growing naturally and normally and quickly because you've said, I'm going to put God before me and his holiness is going to influence me. Look at this in Hebrews 5, verses 11 through 14, a similar message. Concerning him, we have much to say, in other words, concerning God. But it is difficult to explain since you have become poor listeners. Now, I'm not pointing at you. I'm just reading the Bible about the recipients of this word. But we got to put ourselves in these shoes. Are we poor listeners? Are we listening to God? Are we listening to ourselves? Are we listening to external people? Who are you listening to? If we listen to those who are spiritually mature, 
We're going to listen and we're going to start reacting in holiness. But let's read on. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. Let me tell you what. I'm going to put a, a time, kind of a time constraint on this. I believe a Christian after two or three years should already be discipling other believers. Two or three years. You've known, Lord, two or three years. You've been reading your Bible. You're going to church. Now you already have a group in your home or at a coffee shop or at church on Wednesday nights where you are actively discipling other people. Where are you at in that spiritual journey? It says you should be teachers by now, but you're still needing to be teached. God wants us all to be contributors in the kingdom of heaven. Every single one of us. We need you. I need you. When you're not here, it makes it's detrimental to our, our gathering, our fellowship. But don't just come. Come to contribute. Come to find somebody who needs Jesus and start pouring into them. And, and, and associating yourself with them and saying, I know what you're going through because I went through the same thing. I want to help you get through this problem that you're going through. Two or three years, not two or three decades. I'm telling you, it's time to get serious about the things of Jesus. God has called you to be holy so that you can start pouring God's holiness into other people. It's time, folks. It's time not just to come to church. It's time to be the church. Let God's holiness impact you. It says, for everyone who is partakers in only milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness, with the word of holiness, in other words. For he is an infant, and the solid food is for the mature. God wants you to grow up in him. He wants you to be a contributor in the kingdom of heaven. All right. Oh, look at this. They're mature who because by practice they have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. You know, if we're not acquainted with holiness and not into the word of God as we should, not contributing as we should, we hear different voices. We hear God's voice and we hear the devil's voice. And then it gets all mixed and mangled in our heads and we're not sure if we're hearing from God ourselves or something else. But if we're trained in holiness, we will begin to be able to distinguish what's from the enemy, what's from God, and we'll shut the enemy down. And we'll start living the way that God wants us to live. Two more thoughts here. There's a, there's a book that I'm reading, and it's, it's slow reading, man, because every paragraph is hitting me hard. But it's called God's Power at Work Within You, and it's by this man called Neil Anderson and Robert Saucy. Kind of a funny last name, but this book is impacting me big and teaching me a lot about God's holiness. And listen to this. God's holiness is the result of God setting you free. Why would, why would God's holiness start impacting your life? Because first, he sets you free. And a Christian who's stuck in their old way of life is not going to spiritually mature, nor are they going to grow in holiness. Do you want to be stuck where you are at the rest of your life, or do you want to go to a higher place in Jesus? 
Look at this in Romans 6, 22 through 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become, you have become slaves to God and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now let me leave you with this thought here. On December 18, 1865, the 13th Amendment of the Constitution abolished slavery in our country. How many slaves do you think were free December 19th, the next day? Theoretically, all of them were free. Every single last one of them. But many still lived as slaves because they hadn't heard the truth yet. They hadn't heard the truth yet. The sad thing is some had learned the truth, but they decided to still live in slavery anyways because they were more comfortable and that's what they'd always known. There was a sly plot amongst the slave owners and the slave states to obstruct the impact of the proclamation of emancipation. As long as they, this is what they, their, their plan was, as long as these people think they're slaves, the 13th Amendment won't do anything for them because they still think they're slaves. And furthermore, we don't have the legal right over them anymore, but most of them don't even know it. So they're going to stay as slaves. So let's keep our slaves from learning the truth, and our control over them will never be challenged. And that was the reality of what happened for years, even decades in the South. The information never flowed to them. You know what? The truth is, if you repent of your unholiness, me, you and me, and put our faith in Jesus, God has declared us holy in his sight already. He's already declared it. He said, you're holy. You're holy. You're holy. I've already declared you as holy. But you know what? We didn't even know that. And we thought we had to work for our own holiness. We thought we had to make ourselves holy. We need to stop believing the lies from the enemy that we are somehow having to earn our holiness. God has working holiness in you already. You just need to cooperate. I just need to cooperate. Look at this Hebrews 10, 14, powerful verse. It says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. He has already perfected you. This is the secret to holiness is it's received by faith and our cooperation with Jesus. Absolutely unbelievable. But you might say, well, my experience is I don't feel holy. You should see what I did last night. You should see how I mouthed off and a bunch of foul language spewed out of my mouth or I watched something I shouldn't have watched or I did something last week that I shouldn't have done. That's not the point. God makes you holy. He perfects you just like you are. He says, child, you are righteous in my sight. Child, you are holy in my sight. You say, I don't feel it. That's not my experience. That's not the point. Just like those slaves, they didn't feel free, but the declaration had already been made. And the reality is they were free. It's the same with us. No difference whatsoever. If I declare my blessing over my kids, for instance, I'll pick on Cole. 
and say, you know what, Cole, you are going to be a success in life. You are going to do awesome. You know, every obstacle you face, you're going to overcome. You're going to be amazing. You're smart. You're bright. God's on your side. You're unstoppable. How do you think Cole is going to act? He's going to act like a success. He's going to act unstoppable. Every object that comes and tries to obstruct his progress, he's going to say, get out of the way, man. My dad said that I'm going to go places. That's how God is with us. He says, you're already holy. You're already perfected. Now all I need you to do is cooperate with my spirit as we work some kinks out and fix you up. But in my sight, you're already perfected because of what my son did for you. Man, I tell you what, we're going to become an unstoppable, holy army for God with all the blessings coming from God's holiness and of God's holiness in our lives. So let's summarize just very quickly. Think of the benefits of leading a holy life. There's tons of benefits. I gave you seven of them today. It's God's will for you to be holy. He wants you to be holy, and he has made a way for you to be holy. The Holy Spirit has to lead your life in that process, though, of being made holy by, by God's hand. And let me tell you what, it's time for us to start maturing and growing up in God. Don't just be consumers. Be contributors in the kingdom of heaven. Two or three years, you need to already be discipling other people. And maybe even sooner than that. All right. And God has declared you free to be righteous and holy from this day forward. Let's start living a godly life. Let's start living a holy life. Let's not be an embarrassment to Jesus. Let's not be an embarrassment to ourselves. God has given you all you need for life and for godliness. In other words, all you need for life and for holiness. Let's pray.